everybody likes guns They just don't know it Deep inside of the soul There's a cowboy trying to get out Welcome to New Shooter Canada. Please remember that the show's content and word pronunciation is simply the opinion of the hosts and their guests. Hello and welcome to New Shooter Canada, episode 241. I am one of your hosts tonight, Mike, and with me tonight I have Amanda. How are you tonight? I'm all right. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. And you, Josh? I'm doing all right for a long day. Yeah. Hello, fellow uh, range day participants out there, everywhere. There you go. <laughs> and we also have Thomas. How are you today, Thomas? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. So I haven't been on, and I actually had to go back in my calendar and look this up since April. So it's uh, it's been a while. Um, I missed one because of Mother's Day, and then I missed another one because of a match that I was supposed to shoot. Um, so... Today, we are just doing a catch-up episode. Um, Amanda and uh, Jeff did a fantastic interview with Tracy uh, last week, which we just released a few days ago about National Range Day. Um, Mm -hmm. And we just kind of decided that we would just do a catch-up episode. So uh, we are the main topic. Um, I'll jump right in here because uh, I'm the one with the most to talk about. Uh, Don't worry, people. I will take a break partway through and let other people talk. So uh, yeah, just hang on. It's a good episode. So, so go ahead, I'm going to uh, st- hit fast forward and then you'll. Anyway, so uh, we're going to go all the way back to uh, May 14th. Um, that was I ran an i match that weekend. It was the first match of the year. Um, there was supposed to be an Ipsic match the day before, um, but they canceled it. On, they canceled it last minute. Um, so I had to, I ended up having to design and set up, set up the whole match. Um, my original plan was just to kind of mooch off the Ipsic club and just you know, change the targets, move a few walls and, you know, call it an I-Core match. And, you know, my efforts, I don't have to put a lot of effort into it. Um, but this match ended up being a, a rough one for me. Um, I was not ready to run the match. Uh, I didn't really, I, I didn't adequate, I didn't adequately prepare for it. And I'm not just talking about like me as a shooter. I mean, me as a match director. Um, I was reloading ammo the morning that I shot the match. And and I was 20 minutes late getting to the range to start setup. So like that's, that's how behind I was running. Um, it was, a, it was an interesting match. We ran out of supplies. So, like, nails to hold down fault lines. Um, Sarah even went out to the hardware store to find more nails to do it, and they didn't have any of the right size because we need nails with big heads so that they, you know, catch the fault line going down. But they can't be too long because our whole range is pretty much on rock. So there's only an an inch or two, whatever it is, like two inches of dirt on top of it. So you can't have too long nails. Otherwise they stick up and it's just as dangerous <laughs> to have a nail sticking up as it is having fault lines that are not nailed down. Luckily, <laughs> yeah. Um, luckily it, that part didn't really affect it much. The stage was not set up in a way that anyone was going to be stepping on the fault line. There are more, more guides don't run, you know, all the way to the back of the bay, you know, kind of thing, right? They weren't, they weren't hard leans where people are going to want to stand on them and lean on them where they might actually roll and someone could fall and get hurt. So it, in a sense, it kind of worked out. Um, but the worst was when the club had moved the key to the office and in that office are all our patches. 
So I saw at one point I saw we were running low patches on the match. I went to go get more, um, like during the match, and I I just couldn't get any more, and I felt like absolute garbage. Um, patches are one of the most basic things you need to run a match, and I got cut off from them unintentionally, but I got cut off from them, and I essentially had to go back and tell all the competitors that I don't have patches. Uh, apologize for you know not having the basic supplies and i had to ask the shooter if anyone had patches that they'd be willing to donate of course my backup roll of patches was gone i must have used it and my patch gun was almost empty um but we did get lucky and there were a couple of competitors who were more than happy to donate some patches to the club so i have to make sure to get them a good uh get them a, a new roll next time i see them uh, but it was just a god awful feeling, like to have to come back and tell everyone like that I, yeah. I screwed up, right? That we didn't even have the basic supplies, and luckily we, as a backup, not that it would be a good one, I could find white patches, which is what you use for your nose shoots because they're already white. I could have used those, but you at know, least that's... you're covering the holes at that point. Yeah, and that just it. I it <laughs> might even be in the might even be in the rule book that you have to cut patch with at least a similar com color to the target. Right, I wouldn't be surprised. If there's even a rule in there. Be distracting, about that, I but... guess. Or yeah. Yeah. it would be distracting for one, and also think of a really far away target. You can't necessarily see the perforation lines, but yeah. just say only yeah. one person went before you, and you walked up, and you saw, oh, they got bullseyes on every target. What are you going to do? You're not going <laughs> to aim at the target. You're going to aim at that little white patch, right? right? And someone could also just as easily say, well, the last guy that shot before me missed half the targets, so all their patches are distracting, and they're making me shoot to the side or shoot low, whatever, right? So yeah. it's, it's, it's just not a good setup. Um, then other problems started coming up. Uh, I bought water because... And I bought water from the competitors. I always do this. Uh, we were and only bought one case because we were expecting rain. Like we were supposed to be racing to finish before a storm rolled in. Not the big storm that came and cut everyone's power out, but a big thunderstorm was supposed to be coming through. And instead we got blazing hot with clear skies and like we were we ran out of water. We didn't have enough because I didn't plan on it being that that sunny and that hot. So once again, that was failure number whatever we're at, like three or four. Um, we had about 13 or 15 shooters for the whole match. Um, in my opinion, it's like the worst number to have for a match. Uh, it's too few number to run two squads because then you end up with two squads of like seven or eight. And you consider you have your scorekeeper, your patcher, your guy who's shooting, your guy who's just shot and your guy who's about to get ready to shoot. That only leaves about two or three extra people. And if out of those two or three extra people, they happen, happen to be the type that don't help as much. It, it puts a huge burden on the other people. So I like that wasn't fair to them. Um, so that meant that I ended up having to do one squad, but 15, 13, 15 people in one squad is, is a big squad and it takes quite a while to get through. So like it, it sucked. I think I made the best choice, but this wasn't good. So people were kind of milling around and talking and kind of goofing around. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it and it the whole match took a long time. Like it was a long day out there for what yeah. should have been a pretty easy, quick match. Um, but this is where things get better, though. Um, the whole incident just showed me how great the shooting community is. Um, guys had no problem handing over their extra patches. Um, I had to DQ one of the other guys and. 
pretty much as soon as he DQ'd, he took his gun off, grabbed the tablet, and he said, I'm your scorekeeper for the day. You know, and it was nice like guy. the second stage. It was like the second Excellent. stage. And I, and I told him. Patches, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's great. I, he, I, he didn't rage quit or anything. That's fantastic. Because a lot of guys well, will just go home. So it's good to check around. Yeah, well, like, and I even told him, I even told him, like, hey, man, like, I DQ'd you so early in this match, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, and nobody would think anything less of you if you just went home right now. Like, it's early enough, like, you know, when it's the last stage and you get DQ'd, then you're kind of expected to stick around for a little bit. When it's the first stage, you know, some people say, well, heck, I can go home and cut my grass instead of just standing around here instead, but... Yeah. So, but no, so when he, you have too many too many shooters, you could like DQ a few early on, <laughs> <laughs> and then you get more volunteers. <laughs> well, yeah, and then they never come back to the next match because I just DQ everyone so I can get more volunteers. <laughs> yep. Um, but then, uh, yeah. So then, shooter. Some of the shooters they broke down the whole first bay before we were even done shooting the the second bay. Um, some of the guys even saw that I like the stress was getting to me. Like I was not having a good day, um, you know, and they came by and they said like, Hey, like, how can I help? You know, this isn't that like, this isn't a big deal. I know it is to you right now, but it's not a big deal tomorrow. You're going to laugh about it. And I even said, you know, tomorrow I'll laugh about it. But like for today, I'm stressed about it. And he's like, you know what? I understand, but don't worry. You're doing a good job. So like, it just, it made me feel a little bit better. You know, at least at the moment it helped calm me down and, you know, help me to focus on running the match. Um, did, you, did you get to shoot this match at all or just run it? No, I did shoot it. So um, after all this badness, were you able to focus at all? Well, that was the only good thing. I shot the day before when okay. I set up the match. Right. So I didn't have to, yeah, if I had to shoot at, if, if all that stuff was going on and I was shooting at the same time, I probably would have just bowed myself out and said, yeah. you know what, this is too much. <laughs> I can't handle this. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, just skip me in the order. Right. Yeah. But uh, when I got home, I still, you know, wasn't feeling great. Still felt pretty bad about how the whole day went. And that's when I got an email um, from the guy who actually got me into i um, and since then, he actually became, a, he, he sold me bullets and got me into i and then convinced me to go down to the States for matches. Mm. So, like, he, he's been a really good friend, and he's just one of those people that, you know, you know some people, and some people just always seem to be in a good mood, and they always seem to make your life just a little bit better, and that, that's the kind of guy he is. Um, it's nice having friends much, like that. Yeah. And he pretty much went over everything that w happened at the match, right? Like every detail he went over it and he reassured me that like the, situ the situation sucked and I did the best I could. Like I made the right decisions. Like some people might say I didn't, but he said like as, as a fellow match director, I made the right decisions as hard as they were, right? Sometimes those decisions that you make are hard and they suck, but he at least reassured me that everything went went as good as it could and it ended up being a great match and yeah it, it it just made me feel so good and reassured me that you know that i did do a good job that day and you know they they say your friends are the family that you get to pick and i have the best most supportive friend at the range so i am so thankful for them and yeah uh yeah so that's yeah, awesome so the whole, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the whole weekend did make me realize, though, 
I, I just don't have the time to commit to the shooting sport that I did before. Um, I knew this day was coming, which is part of the reason why the last few years I had pushed myself so hard um, to try and get better and like to be the best shooter I could and, you know, reach the highest rank. This is it. I better like peak that. now. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. Right. And I just don't have the time to dry fire anymore. Right. And I barely have time. Like I barely have time to reload. I, I barely had ammo for my match for my own match because I didn't even have ammo for it. Um, so I, I have already told people that this is going to be my last year as match director. Um, it's just too much. I can't do it all. I committed to the year, so I'm going to do it. Really. There's only, I think one other match or match weekend. So it's not too bad. Um, but like you know, I'm not going to abandon my my uh, my duties that I agreed right. to before. Finish it off. Um, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I think this is going to mean the death of IDPA at Smith Falls, just because for the last few years we haven't had a lot of volunteers, and definitely not the kind of volunteers that are going to want to take on the duties of a match director and actually start running matches. So it's an unfortunate thing, but I think it's just going to happen. Um, at least with the I-Corps, uh, one of the other guys that I shoot with, he's, uh, he's become a really good friend and he became an SO. And he even said that, you know, if this is what it takes, he will become the match director. And I even told him, you know, he doesn't have to take on everything, you know, just take, take on some of it just to take the pressure off me, make it so that I don't have all the responsibilities. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And I told him pretty much if he deals with the people, I'll deal with everything else. So he deals with registrations, emails, volunteers, all that stuff. I'll still design stages. I'll still be out there helping him. I'll still SO the whole match. Like I am by no means leaving, leaving him on his own, which, you know, that's how it got handed to me. I think a, a couple different times. So, you know, <laughs> But like it's it's good there, so I I think that I core will survive at least for the time being. Um, but yeah, just just uh, just to kind of take some of that stress off of me, just because it's 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 clearly too much. I just I just don't have the energy. I don't have the time uh, with everything else going on in my life. Yeah, if you're not enjoying yeah. it, you know why are you doing it, right? Well, that's just it, right? Like you said, yeah. If I'm not enjoying it, why am I doing it? And like it's just giving me stress, and the stress. You know, I'm sure Sarah feels the stress at home. You know, when I'm stressing out, I'm sure she's stressing out too. And, you know, I'm sure it's not great for the kids. And I'm sure that I'm running subpar matches and stuff like that because, you know, I'm not at my peak per se. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So it's, it's just time. It's just time to move on. Right. And I, like I said, I don't want to completely abandon the club. So I am going to help out with the I-Corps, but IDPA, yeah, that's just too much. There's, there's no one I think that wants to take it on. I did, I did put out an email and say, anyone who wants to, I will gladly show them how to do it, but I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on to next weekend. I actually went to EUSC, so that's on the other side of Ottawa, to help them convert. They they were going to do essentially the same thing I, I was going to do, which is they they had an IPSC match the day before or the morning of, and then we were going to convert to an IDPA match. And that was the that was the night of the storm. Um, I I pretty much got there, parked my car, walked in, say hey, said hey to the guys. Hey, did you guys see that giant wall of rain that's coming towards <laughs> us? And they're just like, yeah it's a storm like we're about to get hit we're just going to wait it out and see how bad things are well it absolutely just it it i think there was about two target stands and two walls left standing oh my um, gosh i i have never seen those big 55 gallon i know they're plastic and they're empty but they're big barrels 
they were just being blown around like they were nothing. Wow. Just with the storm blowing through. And apparently we were actually in a, in a sweet spot where we actually didn't get hit nearly as hard as everywhere around us did. Uh, so, so how was your, was, uh, away from shooting, how was your actual property, your house and everything? Uh, my property was fine. I mean, yeah. lost, outside of losing power, yeah. um, I have no trees anywhere near my house. So that wasn't really an issue. And so after the storm rolled through, we, we reset up the match for IDPA. But by the time we were done, it was so late that the guy said, you know what, we're just going to get all the SOs to shoot the next day. I was the only one who was supposed to, sh- that wasn't coming back the next day. And I said, don't worry about it. Don't, don't change all the targets just for me, for the rain to come and melt them all to mush. So, so I didn't get to shoot, but I still had fun getting out there and setting up and hanging out with the guys. But what this also did, and I realized this afterwards, because it, we were there for, I don't know, four hours or something like that after the storm rolled through. By the time I drove through, at least all the sticks and stuff that were on the road had all been taken care of, you know, just all the little stuff. So I drove home in relative ease. I didn't have to worry about, you know, finding, being detoured or anything like that. So, yeah. Very good. But, but yeah, so that was that weekend. And then the next weekend after that is Rasul. So uh, I think this is now where you guys haven't uh, haven't talked at all about this. So Josh, why don't you start talking about Rasul <laughs> and how how great Team New Shooter Canada did? Well, I, I didn't even sign up for New Shooter Canada. I changed to Ragnarok. <laughs> oh, traitor, traitor. Because <laughs> I, I didn't think anybody was going to do it. So I just thought, okay, I might as well. <laughs> go on with everybody else and help their stats because we're not going to have anything significant. So I signed up for for them. And, and, uh, unfortunately I, I, I was, I don't know. I got the new pack. I was all gung ho to do it. I knew we had limited time that weekend. Um, but I was going to, I was going to try to do as much as I could, but I was on call. So I got out Thursday. I wasn't on call Thursday. So I got out and tried a new trail and did just fine there. I did 12 kilometers. It was a good start for me. And then uh, just all hell broke loose on the weekend. I was on call Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I I think I was at work more than I was home for that whole weekend. Like, I didn't get home till 2 in the morning on Friday. And then I was out again first thing at in the 7, morning. And 7 a.m. Didn't get yeah, home till 3.30. Yeah. Sunday afternoon, I had to work all day till like 10 in, the after- 10 in the evening. So it just, I didn't get a chance to do any of that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I feel bad that I didn't do it. But at least it wasn't me just not feeling like it and being lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I had a that, that's a, excuse. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a pretty valid excuse. Yeah. So I, yeah. I just had to work all weekend. So that didn't really happen for me. Um, but, you know, I think uh, I was happy with my, my first day. I was happy with my Thursday ruck. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could just keep doing some more like that throughout the summer. I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we were really hoping that, I could jump on and, and do that on the Saturday. I, I, I wanted to commit myself to one or maybe two 10 kilometer rugs, but I would have to alternate cause we had kids crazy schedule. We knew he was on call. So I kind of, I would knew my body wasn't mentally or physically prepared for Razul, but I thought, you know what? I still want to give it a go, but, uh, I will let Josh do his thing. But yeah, it was, a. It was an actual show. It was, I never seen Josh so stressed or exhausted or overwhelmed. So I, it was a good thing that we didn't, you know, plan anything crazy or that we, you know, if we didn't have kids, leading leading up to that, I was working 
pretty crazy because of the storm. That's yes, why I asked you, you what were. Yes, exactly. Interested in that kind of stuff. I mean, we I just was steady seeing claims, claim to claim to claim all week. And then that happened on the weekend. And I'm just pretty beat now. But um, yeah, but uh, the Ragnarok team did pretty well. I don't think they had near this, the uh, the participants as last year. But like Gavin and Andrew did over 100 kilometers in the four days. So that's wow. just wow crazy yeah they did an insane job yeah yep, so, they did great so that's about it for rasul now back to mike yeah <laughs> <laughs> um well then that really only leaves last weekend i realized i might have missed a weekend in there um last oh wait no this weekend um i didn't make it out anywhere for national range day um Sarah and my daughter were having a girls' day, so that meant that me and my son were hanging out all day, which not complaining about, but it just meant that we didn't end up getting out to the range. So, were they hosting yeah. anything anywhere near you? Uh, yes, my club was hosting something. Um, there were pretty, I, you know what? I don't even know. I don't even remember what the details were. All I remember was the one line that said that guests were free, and that's about it. Okay. So I don't think I don't know if they were they weren't doing anything like Tracy was nothing nothing quite crazy <laughs> like that. No. But, How far are you I away know, from her range? Uh, that's EOSC. That's on the other side of Ottawa. About an hour, hour and tw- hour and a half, something like that. Okay. So, yeah, but. Uh, I don't know how my son's going to do at the range yet, so I don't, I didn't necessarily want to bring him somewhere like that where there was going to be a bouncy house <laughs> and him want to jump and play on it and be like, oh, you also have to keep your earmuffs on. Like, I can barely get him to keep his hat on in the sun. Yeah. You know, how am I supposed to get him to keep earmuffs on? Oh, so, mm-hmm. two? Okay. Two and a half? Yeah. Yeah, okay, hang with that. yeah so that, that probably wouldn't have gone over well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. Oh, and uh, with the news of uh, Trudeau's banning all his guns and everyone buying up everything that's out there, Sarah and I sold our two guns that have been sitting there, mine almost for a year sold. So, I mean, there's a very thin silver lining to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very thin, very, very, thin. very thin. Yeah, but you haven't you haven't sold yet. You're still trying to do the transfer. Still trying to do the transfer. I mean, the guy paid me right away. Yeah. Like he, I, I think he's, he probably saw, oh, I better make sure I lock this in in case if somebody else came along and said, hey, I'll give you an extra hundred bucks if you sell it to sure. me and sure. change your mind on the other guy. So he sent me the money. I, not that I would change my mind on someone. I made a deal. I'll stick with it. So yeah. Yeah. It's funny because yeah. you can't right now you can't okay. even get through to the cfc so i actually oh, had I a phone call to i had a phone call to i know a couple of people are actually mailing in the paper version because yeah. you know, oh, wow so he called me to ask what but the frt numbers and everything but he can't get through he's been trying for since they announced it so he just yeah they're, they're doing it by paper yeah i was yeah. talking to scott Ryder from the ccfr today uh he's our regional um events guy for field officer field officer thank yep. you so uh he was saying exactly that it's taking four like once you get on the line four hours and even then it's yeah. it's awful so he said um a lot of people have now resulted to mailing in the form i didn't so, even know you could do that for yep. one <laughs> he sent it by registered mail and s- submitted in and then i don't know they are supposed to contact you and let you know that they've received it so so is that what we should recommend i don't know but i mean if you're getting yeah. mad well he yeah. said he keeps it on his uh on his phone as a pdf just in case yeah all the time so because you know you know you're selling 
He's buying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, He's yeah. buying. Yes. The only problem you may encounter is that if you have a gun that was issued uh, one of the plastic registration certificates, when that when the C sixty eight first came out, they don't have any FRTs number on them. On them, you would have to get it verified before you do the transfer. Oh, hmm. I'm I'm not I'm not old enough to have experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that just yeah. applies to long guns. I don't think I think the the handguns always had the FRTs, but I think once a long gun registry kicked in, um, the older ones, if you if you sold if you used to sell uh, an older one, you had to get it verified before you could do the sale. So. There's probably thousands yeah. of guns in that loop right now. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mentioned the mail-in one, now I'm kind of curious about that because I had just kind of figured whatever, you know, theoretically, you know, I'm sure that the dealers are trying to bring in as much as they can right now, but it can only come in so fast. So I assume that, you know what, in a week or two time, the backlog will start to go down and maybe it'll start getting easier to get through. But I mean, if it's going to take two weeks to do that, would it be quicker just to send something in by snail mail? Well, that way, they, to... yeah, they, they, as Amanda said, they have to verify that they re contact you that they have to receive the documentation. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. But yeah, we're just kind of waiting on that right now. <clears throat> I know. I remember Sarah had called one day or told me one day she called I don't know a hundred times in like two hours or something like that trying to get through. And then they changed the whole process because she used to be able to call and just hit like whatever it is, one four two right away, and it would take you right to you know the 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 queue or whatever for yeah, transferring. Yeah. But they changed it now, so now you have to like <laughs> wait. You have to wait for a message to be played or something like that before you can hit your uh, response. Uh, so you can't just keep calling over and over real fast. Which I also wondered was that what was causing everyone to drop out because she said she would get into the queue she'd get onto like the actual waiting list where you get the music or whatever but then the phone the call would just get randomly dropped oh geez and i wondered is it getting overwhelmed and dropping or are so... they just picking up and hanging up on you <laughs> that's possible too i used to work at a call center oh yeah <laughs> whether you hang up or you take the call it still counts as a call mm -hmm. oh wow so yeah. So. Yeah, so we'll you're so you're selling, but are you panic buying? <laughs> I should have. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I had a friend message me and he said, "Oh, a friend of ours is looking for a GP100." And he said he knew I had one. He asked me, "Oh, are you still using it? Do you want to sell it?" And I kind of hemmed and hawed and I thought, you know, I don't really want to sell it just in case if if I get the 610, which is going to be my new revolver for, uh, for IDPA that the GP 100, although not the best backup gun, cause they are different. At least it would be a backup gun that would technically fall in the same division. So I kind of said, you know, I might look for a 610. If I buy one, then maybe I'll sell my GP 100 to them. Well, of course my friend in two seconds, cause he's a wizard like this finds me about <laughs> five of them, but they're all like $1,500. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready to pay $1,500 for a backup for a gun that I don't even know if I'm going to like, cause I haven't even shot it yet. So, so I kind of said, you know, I'm just going to sit on this for a little bit and see what I think. And like the next day I checked and they were all gone. So, oh, so I guess I should have panic bought, <laughs> but yeah. Now but we I'm don't, not there's nothing left at the store. Yeah, I'm not surprised. That's why I say I assume that everything is pretty much sold that can be sold at this point. So now it's just a matter of them getting through the backlog of transfers. So yeah, whether that takes a week, a month, a year, I don't know. So 
No, I, I think we're going to see there's still a lot of product in the system. It's just a matter of just getting them to the stores. So I know uh, Naz got a shipment of guns last week. So you just if you're really looking, yeah. just contact, look at your local retailer. There's, it's just a matter if the, if the distributor has them, they'll yeah. get them to them. It's just I, I I think I heard that the distributor for Glock is officially out of Glocks in Canada. I think right. I heard that where. I wouldn't but, be surprised because Glocks are so popular. Oh, I know. And and I thought about it and I thought, yeah, because if I had one Glock and that was my main gun for competition or just my main gun for going and plinking, well, what happens if you get a double charge in that thing 10 years from now, your gun blows up, your frame is ruined? Well, now you have nothing. I guess, I guess you're done shooting forever because you can't get another one. So if you know you like it, buy a second one. So, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd offer you Sarah's, but she just sold it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyways, yeah, so on that topic of the 610 and IDPA, I did sign up for IDPA Provincials this year. Um, I was talking to a friend because I said, oh, the Ottawa squad is already full, but I didn't recognize all the names. And he sent me a message back. He says, yeah, we don't know who two of these people are. There's lots of space in the rest of the match. So he said, hold on a minute. I'm going to contact the match director. Next day, he sends me an email. So I talked to the match director. I got one of the guys kicked out of our squad and you got into our squad with us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it was completely voluntary. They probably messaged him and said, hey, there's a group of friends. They all want to shoot together. They need space for one more buddy. Move, like, you can go to any squad you want. Are you willing to move? And the guy probably said, yeah, sure, whatever, right? So so I'm all signed up, all planning to go to uh, IDPA Provincials. Uh, we're, we're even getting jerseys made up for our squad. So, you know, mm-hmm. I have a feeling this is going to be so much fun. And I even told Sarah, you know, with all this uncertainty, you know, for all I know, this could be my last IDPA Provincials, right? Like, who knows what we have in store for us coming after this. So yeah. I told Sarah, like, this this is my last IDPA Provincials. But I was looking at it, I'm like, you know what? With this crowd, we're all getting jerseys. This is a great group of guys to shoot with. Half of them smoke cigars, so I'll probably be smoking cigars half the match, too. Like, it's it's going to be a great time. <laughs> I, I, I am so excited for this match. And, yeah. I hope to get out there. And, and I did sign up for Revolver, so hopefully I get my 610 in time and I get a holster for it and everything else I need for it. <laughs> I only got six weeks. <laughs> what dates provincials? Uh, IDPA provincials are July, I want to say July 16th. EPSIC provincials are like July 2nd. But that one I'm shooting with my uh, my Smith & Wesson 627 in Revolver again, of course. Uh so that I'm not so much worried about because that I already have the gun. I already have the ammo. Well, I mean, I have to load it because, of course, I don't have any. I'm waiting till match day. <laughs> don't want it to go bad. <laughs> Did you right. know your ammo goes bad? That's why you have to load match day. That's right. <laughs> so I, I assume you have lots of primers since most people don't right now. I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and they might be federal. What other primers would I have? Exactly. <laughs> I, a, a couple of years ago, I just said, you know what? I'm done doing this whole, like, shooting different primers for different guns. I'm like, federal works in everything. Just buy federal. Like, yeah. even if it cost even if it cost me an extra couple cents per round in, like, my 9 mil for, like, my, uh, my Walter, because it didn't need federal primers, who cares? We're talking about an extra two cents a round on a 13-cent round bullet, right? It's and you know exactly... what's going to go off when you touch it, so. 
Exactly, right? Reliability is huge. So knowing it's going to go off, that's what's important. So, yeah. Fair yeah, enough. so that's... Yeah, that's about all I've been up to. So, Thomas, what that's have you it? been up to lately? Uh, actually, Josh, why don't we go? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> You're here? Okay. The door. Just going to let the cat in. Okay. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> yes, let's hear what Thomas has been up to. I saw a picture today. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, I... I went to Range Day today. Uh, like your club, we're um, we're a private club, so we didn't uh, we did the guest thing, but we didn't have anything open to the public, which is really good. I had a had a rough morning. I had some medical tests today, so I booked off today, and I did the test. And luckily, they didn't have to do this. Dreading that, so when I got home, I'm like, oh man, I, I got to unwind. And National Range Day, perfect. So I said, I'm going to the range for an hour. So I grabbed my Dan Wesson, 100 rounds of ammo, and I, I head to the range. And when I walk in, the uh, the owner comes up to me. He goes, uh, "Where were you today? You're, you're supposed to be at work today." I said, "No, I wasn't. I booked up June four weeks ago." I said, "A bunch of medical." I said, "I'm all stressed I came here to relax, not to work." <laughs> but apparently, somebody had. Uh, I was I, like, I keep everything on my phone, so I know what dates I have, and I'd already booked off that time slot. No, I had no schedules for the force, so either he was pulling my leg, but I don't think he did because they had two big groups. Wasn't aware of so. <laughs> But I went shooting, and I was kind of happy. Um, I pulled out my red dots before I went. I was going to put a red dot on my 22. And, of course, I looked at them again. I still couldn't see that stupid dot. It's more like an atom. So I figured, okay, I'll, I'll try my open sight. So I brought the Dan Wesson. I did groupings at uh, 10 yards, 20 yards, and rapid fire at 7. The first mag I wasn't really happy with. Um, the second one I really concentrated, and I, and I was rewarded with a really good grouping. So I was really, really happy. So I can do open sights if I'm target shooting because then I have to, with the trifocals, I have this really small, narrow band that I can see through. So you're not leaning into the shot. You're, you're sort of balancing back and forth. So at least I'm happy I could target shoot competitions out of the picture until I get the surgery done. But I had a good time. I walked out, out of there. I went in there and I wasn't feeling good. I came out and I felt really good and happy. And I, my shot was shooting really well. So it really made it a good day today for me. So I noticed I was hanging out with my fellow gunnies and just, you know, it was maybe five or six of us. I shot for an hour, hung out for a half hour. It was just nice being around gunnies. Yeah. Um, that's what it's for today. Last week, I had a great week last week. I, was, I had uh, four or five bookings and the manager contacted me. He said, do you mind coming in a little early? Um, one of the members wants to shoot with their, their daughter. And our club rule is you have to be 12 to shoot. Under, under 12, we'll make an exception, but you have to have a staff member with you. So I said, okay, sure, no problem. So I showed up and I had my my shooting mat because I figured 11 year olds can be pretty short, so I'm gonna make her shoot prone. Mm -hmm. And I brought my bipod. I had to lower the target down to a couple of feet off the floor, or the angle should be shooting up towards the ceiling. And the kid was fantastic, adorable 11 year old girl with red hair and freckles. Her attitude was mind blowing. Um, she shot fantastically. So I had a blast shooting with her, and I knew her dad. Her dad is one of our, our steel target shooters, so it was a really good time. And then we're uh, we're standing outside afterwards, and she's uh, one of the owners has a little dog, and she loved the little dog. I said, "Well, I'm going to go and have a cigarette, take Ash for a pee. So if you want to come out with me, we went out. She tells me she wants to do a maple seed. That's my she wanted her dad to get her a 1022. <laughs> I said, "Really? I just happen to know the right people for that. So her, the only thing she needs is her. She's got a beautiful attention carbon fiber barrel on her on her gun." Um, it's a complete custom 22, but the stock is, um, the grip is way too big for her little hands. She can't get her grip all the way on it. 
So I think he's going to have to change the, sh the stock. So hopefully uh, we're going to get her here and we're probably try to and she can do her first maple seed in the year. So that was a lot of fun. I had a blast with that little kid. Made my day. And uh, give me about an hour off, and then I had a sorry. Uh, I had a question to, about the girl. Oh, you said that the grip was too big. In what way was sorry? I assume that this is a rifle stock, not a pistol grip, correct? Yes. Yeah. So when you say it was too big for her grip, did you mean like she couldn't wrap her thumb around the top and have her finger on the trigger? Is that what you mean by it was too big? Exactly. So she had to twist her whole hand around a little bit, and it was just the tip of her finger that was going in the trigger guard because oh. her hands were so small. She's a very petite little thing. Okay. Um, a, something with a pistol grip probably would would have been a lot better. So what I'm going to suggest is that I'm going to let her use my 1022 because mm. I've got a really thin pistol grip that I had to actually put sponge on and build up because it was way too small for my hand. It probably fit her really well. Or I can just lend her dad my stock until he gets something that's a little more appropriate. Yeah, so that was fun. I really enjoyed that. And then the uh, the my coworker at work, Laura, she's got red hair and freckles. The little girl had red hair and freckles, and these two just hit it off. It was just hilarious watching these two two little girl and the big girl interact. It was it, it was a lot of fun. So my my guest came in, and I'm at the far side of the range. So I my back everybody else, and uh, it was a father and son uh, Father's Day gift to the son. Or vice versa. Yeah, Father's Day gift to the father from the son. <laughs> and they were shooting the 2245, and they were shooting uh, a Glock 17, and they had, um, oh, I forget the 2 Kodiak Defense. So I'm watching these guys. They, these two had actually gone for their uh, pals. They're just waiting for the licenses. So this is one of the few examples where I don't normally let my guests load. Do the load. If you don't have license, that gun with the point down range already. I don't picking it up, putting it in and sweeping people. But these guys, since they're waiting for the pal, I let them do all the loading and everything else. Need a little bit of coaching, but they both did very well. But while they're shooting, I heard this really strange, like really thump sound. It a couple times, and it reminded me of um, a trap one time. The guy was shooting really underpowered load, being really weird pressure sounds. I heard it a couple times. I figured, okay, when this guy's finished, I'm going to see what this person's shooting is. It doesn't sound right. And it was smoke out of the corner of my eye. So I turned to look at what the smoke is, what the sound is. Some idiot is actually shooting the floor. And he dumped a whole mag into the concrete floor. Oh. That's what the sound was. It was a ricochet off the floor into the armor and it was creating all the dust clouds from the concrete. Oh my gosh. Oh. So I yelled a ceasefire. And it's amazing how many people properly because the light the lane team was all full five of them i had to make them open their actions show me none of them were, but half the actions were left closed and even when they had something that couldn't you couldn't lock open you should have something in it so the ro can see so that, that kind of disappointed me so we're going to have uh, a lot surprise ceasefires at the range to, to get people up to their safety standards of doing a proper clearance before they leave the line so I went down 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 range and I saw the damage and I I just looked at the I came back and I just looked and I said, Give me your membership card. <laughs> <laughs> and I took his and I, I took his membership card and luckily the owner was actually in the store. <clears throat> so I came in, I got Kevin, and he went down range. And not very often I've ever seen Kevin get mad in the story. He he was quite upset. So um he'd actually just he was out turkey hunting because he hasn't had his bird yet. So he was just in 
So he didn't want that stress. He just came in just to get some ammo and go back out. So I don't think he wanted any type of confrontation at that moment. And he just deal with you when I get back. <laughs> You're not seeing that here. And he just he laughed. So I don't I don't know what happened. I really don't. But yeah. I thought you were going to say when you took his uh, membership card, you tore it up right in front of him. <laughs> no, that's not my I didn't, I didn't recognize. I didn't recognize the guy. I didn't know his name. So I grabbed the card. They go up to the computer and they can see who. Yeah. Yeah. I've I, I had I, to do that before. Not in his frame, so. I expected Thomas to whip out his knife and be like, let's see how sharp this is. And just start like slicing his card yeah, into, yeah. Sli- into little pieces and be like, here you go. Well, you know, the one, the one thing that bothered me the most is that there were people shooting beside him, right? So the amount of rant on the floor, his fellow shooters should have said something to him. Yeah, it wasn't just one. It just wasn't one. Like, and, you know, we've all put a round in the dirt. Well, you put a round in the ground, you stop shooting. Uh-oh, yeah. something's wrong. You don't keep shooting. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think you've said yet what gun, what caliber. It was a Tavorin three. Oh, I didn't realize I didn't realize it was when I first went there. You had a couple of guns. Eddie. The <laughs> <laughs> when I looked at the videos, it was Tavor that he was shooting. Yeah. So I'm just out of curiosity because I'm assuming it's a concrete floor. What kind of damage did it do to the floor? Nice big chunks out of the concrete. Nice big chunks. Like big huge. Okay. Yeah, big three, four foot. Oh, sorry, three, 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 four inch holes. <laughs> you tell them they're three, four foot inches or three foot, three, four feet. Three, three four yeah. inches. And then the, the stupidest thing is that the impact and feet from the firing line. So he was shooting Whoa. way ahead. Like he, he would have seen the impacts in the smoke for. Wow. wow. That's, uh, that's, that's insane. <laughs> like, you know, you put around the floor. It's yeah. an oops. Yeah. You report it. You know, they might let it go. They might say, well, we're going to charge you $25 for a patch. Or they could say, well, you got to take the club level safety course over again, yeah. you know, depending on the range. Yeah. But, you know, because, you know, things do happen. There are mechanical failures, but that was intentional. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Like you said, after the first one, maybe you give them two, you know, just to be sure that it's, you know, him, not the sights or something that's wrong. But yeah, after two, like that's just, there's no real reason to be shooting at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's a, uh, that's a, uh, I don't know. That's, I feel like that's one of those crazy stories you only really tend to read about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it just, this makes you wonder what goes through people's heads. And it's the people beside him should have said something to him too. And I'm at the far lane. I'm not even paying attention. I'm watching two, two newbies that just got the pals making sure they're being safe. And it was just the sound that caught my attention. Yeah. You, you know what though? I, coming from. I don't think a lot, uh, most people, they go to the rain to relax and have fun and they don't want to deal with other people. Right. Even if they know that they're doing something wrong especially i would almost assume that most people even if someone knew what was going on that was on that firing line they might have thought to themselves you know what this is a staffed range someone else is going to say something soon enough i don't need to yeah. say anything it's i'm not... different if it was a, club, a member range yeah and, and, yeah, and, and someone like thomas to be all over that guy <laughs> exactly right like some people are just they don't want that confrontation and i mean even at my club there have been times when something's going on and i know that they shouldn't be you know they're shooting something they shouldn't be shooting or whatever and most people they don't want to deal with it they'll come to me because they know they knew that i was on the board of directors 
they would they would come to me because they want me to go deal with it because they don't want to and i don't blame them right like but not... you think something like thomas's experience that's not just like a small infraction like that's a big safety concern and i'd be thinking the same probably along the same lines as like but i mean if something's like uh immediate safety in one port over from me i'm freaking out for my own personal well-being right yeah and i could understand that my, right? my greatest concern was ricochets coming off the floor there's yeah. all kinds of steel <laughs> back there who knows where it's gonna go yeah and i don't yeah. know if i don't but know you're right like i've had I, i've had where I've, I've actually been working like so i'm doing my own thing i'm not really <clears throat> watching the members and i've had people come up to me and complain about another member it's like you know we really think he's being unsafe the way he's doing his muzzle thing. Mm-hmm. they were too too scared to say anything to him yeah so I just said, I just, I just said, you're allowed to. I said, if if you feel it's a safety issue, I said, please just say something. Be polite about it. Yeah. Make them feel bad in front of everybody, but take them aside. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So I went up to the guy. Hey, excuse me. Can I, can I show you a couple things? I said, I noticed that you're you're sort of sticking it this way, and I I taught him how to move his body instead of moving the gun, and I adjusted his grip. He said, Oh wow, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. So I approached it with him that made him happy and yeah. safe. The people that spoke to me, they were happy that I spoke to them. Yeah. And I just, I said, look, don't, if you ever have to cause a safety or bring one up, I said, don't hesitate. So I said, oh, just come into the office and let us know. I said, mm-hmm. we'll come in, we'll watch, we'll, we'll, we'll monitor it. But yeah, a lot of people are, they don't want the confrontation. Yeah. They just want to relax. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there is always the added thing that, you know, there are <clears throat> guns involved, right? If you think, mm-hmm. you know, I like to think that everyone who shoot is a well-vetted person and not going to have anger issues, but I understand why someone would say, hey, I, you know, people deal with road rage every day. How do I know that this guy's not going to go road ragey on me and he has a gun? Not saying he's going to shoot me, but it's it's something that could escalate things very quickly. I've I've heard of incidences at matches. Oh, really? Yeah, there was an incident at an Ipsic match a few years ago. With with a shooter who actually pointed the gun at other shooters. Oh wow! Did they write? Yes. I hope not. <laughs> or he's gonna put holes with no patches. Mm-hmm. So, huh. that's the thing. Like you, dealing with people can be tricky. A lot of times, it's approach. If you approach somebody in a very calm, professional manner and be polite, usually you don't have a problem. If you get into somebody's face and you put them on the defensive, then it can create issues. So yeah, they okay. feed off your almost aggression, and it comes back double. Yeah. So yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yep. And if it's, if it's something major, just say, can I, can I speak to you outside for a moment? And just take them outside away from other people. So yeah. And and I'll say mm-hmm. every time I've ever had to talk to people, most people are receptive. Right. I've never had anyone like some. Most people are. Oh, I didn't know that was a rule. Like, okay, that was dumb of you to not think that that was a rule, but. <laughs> it's a rule don't do it right but at least yeah. it's, it's not to the point where like oh i didn't know that i'm not allowed to point my gun at you it's like no nothing that bad <laughs> uh, anyway so amanda i hear you were wrangling cats today how did that go? wrangling cats yeah oh well i didn't do so great sorry just uh what are you talking about you did amazing no he don't you remember his post yeah what post yeah he was to ask ask uh shooters random questions so uh was i haven't been on facebook all day so (laughs) no we have not but i was wrangling new shooters 
so that was that was cool yeah uh so uh, as everybody knows, I was co-hosting for the National Range Day at the Milverton Run and Gun. So Josh was like, hey, we should do this at our club. And the club said, okay, Josh, you can do it. And Josh was like, hey, man, I want to do this. For, thanks for volunteering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so between him and I, we got the, the structure together. But we weren't getting a whole lot of interest at first. It was a little frustrating and daunting. And then, of course, Jeff comes in and he's like, hey, guys, what are you doing? I haven't seen anything. And I said, well, no, emails went out. The post is up. Like, what do you want from me? And he's like, I'll take care of this. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do this. So, you know what? He's really good at uh, bringing the energy fire under people's butts so um that was really good he got really excited which is something that we haven't seen jeff be at the club in a while you know he's so busy with his life kind of like that that point with you uh mike is that he kind of hit a point in his life where things were just way more important than shooting at this point in time but he loves his sport uh he loves the gun community and he believes in our rights. So he was just like, I am for this. So let's do it. So, you know, he's the one that got Tracy on the show. He's the one that um, definitely did a lot more harassment of, hey, guys, members of the club, what are you doing? Come and volunteer. And all of a sudden we started getting lists and volunteer and resent the emails. And so today was a big day. And uh, so we ran from nine to three. We had been to the public free, free. That was apparently a big thing that Scott was saying. A lot of clubs were charging 40 to 60 bucks. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Uh, but we had our ammo donated either by members or they, the Ontario Gun Services, who was on the episode before. Yes. Thank you for their donation. Uh, yes. Thank you once again for their donations. They donated ears. They donated some eyes. We had a random, or sorry, anonymous donor who also donated eyes, uh, eye protections. We ended up having 45 or 50 pairs of brand new safety glasses donated. So that was amazing. So we had 150 pairs and then Josh and I basically cleaned out the safe and brought everything we had. So the whole lineup was great. Um, <laughs> How many people showed up? We had 31 brand new non-licensed people show up. And and we had eight licensed, but no, not members. And then we had about, I would say maybe, not including the volunteers, another five members who had shown up, which I was very surprised at. Well, we were talking about it on the way home. It's It's like, like, we don't have a big club. We have a pretty small club, but we have 175-ish members. And five people other than the volunteers showed up. It's like, yeah, because it would have been really busy. But I mean, I really, you know, just crazy. Right. I know. I will say, though, the way we marketed it was that we were focusing on people who wanted to learn, who don't have their pal to create. But that was the thing is like, bring a friend, right? 
yeah. Oh yeah, so I also said as a that, member, a come friend. bring a friend who who hasn't shot before. Do, do and... something, right? Yeah, like, yeah. and the ammo was on us. You don't even have to cover the. That's ammo right. Ammo, yeah, ammo, ammo was on us, so yeah. we stuck to mostly twenty twos. But I mean, we have a magnum. We had a couple nine mils. <laughs> um, yeah, one guy brought a forty four mag. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was that was uh, pretty cool, and actually, surprisingly. I did see quite a few people who were brand new shooters who wanted to try it and loved it. Uh, they absolutely loved it. So the 44 mag, you mean? Or just yes. In general? Yeah. Yes. No, everybody who walked yeah. out, I didn't hear a single negative comment coming out. That's great. I had a couple who were hesitant or said, I'm bra- I brought my son mm-hmm. and my daughter but she was dead set on not shooting. She's like, I'm not doing this. By the time she left and she was our last shooter for the evening, because she we ended up running an hour later because we were we were running behind, um, not being having enough safety volunteers to accommodate the rest of the group that came in. And um, my goodness, the smile on her face, it was it was amazing. It, it reminded me of me in my first time. And that's what I kept, I told her, I said, you look at me, but I was skipping down the range, going to go and pick up my target. Like, I loved it. Uh, I also had another gentleman who came in. He had called earlier asking, is this really free? Like, I can actually shoot firearms? Sure. Yes, you can. With a safety volunteer and a range officer. And we're doing this as an instructional. So we got a lot of positive feedback from people who did have pals who said, I would love to introduce my family, but I am not qualified to teach my family or feel uncomfortable teaching my family. So yep. this is great. Yep. Yeah. And we even had people come from Owen Sound. Oh, wow. So that's almost a three-hour drive yeah. from Excellent. our location uh, with, uh, with teenagers, minors. Uh, I would think our youngest shooter was six or seven. Um, and everybody walked out hitting the target and everybody walked out being really, really positive. That was something that was kind of discouraging to me is how good they were shooting. Just starting. <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? It's like when you take well, your friend to the range I, and they're like, oh, this is easy. Maybe I'll do these competitions with you. No, you're not allowed to. You're because you're going to yeah, beat exactly, me. Exactly. Right. <laughs> well, we had the so indoor range. We did the seven yards. Yeah, we're only at seven yards, but still. Well, based on my experience at Lady Shoot, everybody did pretty well at 10 or 20 yards. Sorry, with the rifle. Yeah. But got into even the 10 yard mark. I saw a lot of flyaways <laughs> on the paper. So I, when I was asked, what are we doing? I said, seven yards, hands down. Yeah. I said, you want to make it a positive experience for them. It was just really cool. I also had another father and son duo who hung around for a very long time. <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons we ran late is yeah. because they came back in after we were all done. And they're like, can we please shoot the revolver? Can we please shoot it? <laughs> yes. They're so excited. They loved it. What's well, nice dad, to get excitement in them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This gentleman, the father. And then he was like, I want to shoot the biggest thing you have. Yeah. And at that time, the 44 mag was gone. Oh. We had a we had a 1911 and 45 ACP, yes. so we got to shoot that, and that was fun. Yes, so that yeah. was a lot of fun. But the, the main thing was he walked in, and he's like, I'm willing to try, but I have no experience. I'm actually very scared of guns. Mm-hmm. He was very timid, and I just said, listen, this is why we're here. This is why we have safety volunteers. If you're uncomfortable, you just tell them that you're done. 
I said, but I'm, I promise you, you're going to love it. Because the first thing he wanted to do was go to rifles, but rifles was really busy. I said, go to the handguns. I said, go on. I knew Josh was in there. And I knew it would be a good time. So he walked out with the biggest smile. Yeah, they both they both it. loved it. They yeah. both loved it. Like and it, now, and he was saying how it's like something that maybe him and his son can can do as a thing now to bond. Yeah. Yes, because they actually don't. Because he was like, it. "What is? They're why like, does he want it? Why does he keep on talking about guns? Why does he keep wanting me to go to a gun range?" And then they did it. And now he's like, "Ah, yeah, no, I get it. Now <laughs> yeah, awesome. now yeah. Gets, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a bonding thing for yeah. them, and it was it was really great to see. So pretty excited. I didn't hear a lot of negative feedback other than I needed a grill master for a little bit. And <laughs> we longer. ran out of food. <laughs> we ran out of food. And we um, We had plenty of ammo, but we ran out of food. <laughs> yeah. Um and I had only scheduled someone to cook for two hours because I thought, hey, that you know, eleven and twelve, by the time one o'clock rolls around, what like what matters? We we're shutting yeah. down by three. Yeah. No, everyone started getting hungry after one o'clock. So I, I ended up popping up on the grill, burnt a couple of hot dogs, but hey <laughs> How can you burn a much. hot dog? Uh, um, <laughs> they're already pre cooked. <laughs> <laughs> um it, it, so it's not gas it, or sorry, it wasn't propane and it wasn't charcoal. It was we an actual. A, we do wood fire. Wood fire. Yeah. And I underestimated how hot. I tried to not go o- right over top, but I underestimated <laughs> how hot it was just off to the side, and I could see it. I was like, "Holy crap! That was not even two minutes, and it's it's burnt." Yeah. So I was like, "Uh oh." Well, I'll throw those aside. I only burnt three. It wasn't a big deal. I I managed to to do fine after that so <laughs> well but i i'm i am exhausted but i didn't sleep much i was up till probably 12 o'clock doing disclosures and making papers and and we went to the range and dropped off stuff but i will say because of all the prep work we did setup was done in less than a half an hour yeah i think the volunteers did great oh, everybody did. and everybody stuck Every, around after to clean up so. everybody stuck around wow. to clean up so <laughs> and we had uh, actually people got lost track of time they were supposed to leave like two or three hours before oh. and they were like the clock, the, the clock inside the range doesn't work but i didn't <laughs> and i didn't say anything <laughs> throughout the day you slowly move it forward and then at like two o'clock you just stop moving it (laughs) yeah it's like oh i was looking at the the clock on the wall i was like oh yeah don't do that yeah Yeah, that clock hasn't worked in a while it's been like years and it hasn't worked properly because it doesn't matter what time it is when you're on the range there you go this is i don't know it was but i will say it was pretty darn successful no everybody uh yeah everybody listened everybody was great i had absolutely no safety concerns we had a safety officer which he with each shooter obviously and yeah we took some time beforehand to sort everything out and everybody was just was great like i so you know you you sometimes have those kind of uneasy moments but i didn't have any it was all great everything was perfect i got josh to break down the guidelines for the safety officer and the range officer um before and i sent the email out to those people a few days before and i reviewed it again just before like before that and i really tried to emphasize we are opening ourselves to the public our behavior is going to be the to the utmost importance and that is the one thing i would say i got the most feedback on was this was amazing it was safe it was 
controlled and I felt comfortable. Yeah. Um, they, they felt like they had an, an amazing experience because they didn't have to stress about it. Yeah. So yeah. that was really, really cool. And I hope everybody else's range days went really well. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, uh, but before that though, a week before that I did go to, I didn't mention this the last episode, but I have to rub it in again. <laughs> Josh and I went clay shooting on the Sunday and well, I wasn't on that episode, so you didn't get a chance to and, do it in person. And, and, I didn't get to do it yeah. in person. Yeah. So I beat Josh. I beat Josh. <laughs> Not by much. I think I only got three or four plays more. I don't think I beat you yet. Since we, I, I could like, tell it was coming just from the smile on your yeah. face. So we went trap shooting again, and <laughs> yeah, I love it though. And you know what, Josh? So do you has... want me to clean your gun again for you next time? I might forget to put the little seal in there, and it might not operate properly. You better watch it. Oh no, I you forgot the firing pin. Yeah, yeah. I swear. No, so uh, I've been really enjoying it, and I have to say, I was dreading going. Like really dreading because I was thinking to we still have the boat that needs to go out. We're still trying to work on the trailer. The house is a disaster. Range day was coming up and I was so stressed about it. And he's like, we really should go. And I was like, fine. I didn't I didn't want to go, but only because I felt like I should be doing something different. But the moment I got there, I, we signed up for 50 clays and mm-hmm. I really wish I did 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was so mad at myself for not doing that. And because I was. I had so much fun. So and it was cool too because we had a little Milverton group. There. Yeah, Milverton group. Yeah, so we had John with us and we had Alex. Yeah, and Alex is from the UK, oh. um, and he he's been really into the the uh, North American gun culture. Uh, he has been a clay shooter for most of his life, and he was kind of bored of it. Mm-hmm. And then he agreed to come out with us and he's like, oh my goodness, I caught the bug again. (laughs) So, but I think it's also more of a relaxed environment than what he's used to in the UK. Yeah. Uh, Because it's, it is a heritage, lifestyle, culture, guns that are in there at a minimum of, Mm -hmm. you know, I would say five, $5,000 for their shotguns plus, right? Like everything there is very polished and cultured and he oh, said and, and quite frankly well, yeah there was, a, there was a guy shooting there with us the guy that was taking us around he had a thirteen thousand dollar beretta and and i said something to alex after and he's like oh yeah that's that's more common than you think like that's not a big deal yeah <laughs> yeah and, and here i am shooting a, a connect that i think i think 450 bucks 450 <laughs> still beating me yeah yeah i know <laughs> Uh, Wait, but Alex, I actually feel really bad for Alex because it's like he, when he came from the UK, he just went nuts buying handguns oh, yeah. and restricted stuff, and and now it's happening again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's too bad. But I'm glad you guys had a lot of fun. It sounds like you had a lot of fun. Is there a reason why you couldn't go back and say, "Hey, I had so much fun on my first 50 clays. Can I do another 50?" We ran out of time. Oh, so okay. the way we so, so if I wanted to go back and do another 50, but what we were doing was shooting. Like, if you signed up for 100, then we did the round with them at, at that moment. You're shooting at the same time, at, at the, the same, same stage. Time. They just did more clays than we they, did. Yeah, oh. exactly. So, so we kept track. From station to station. So, you, so we did five, they did ten. Okay, okay. I get I get yeah. what you're saying, yeah. So you'd have yeah. to rerun yeah. the whole thing in order to That's do another right. 50. They were, doing, they were doing pairs. We, did a, we started with a single and then did two pairs. Okay. Yeah, so... 
I mean, yeah, we could have stayed, but we had a time frame that we had to get back. But we didn't realize it was going to take the same amount of time anyways. Yeah. Had we signed up for the 100, but then that was it. The, the day was over. Yeah. So yeah. We could, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we couldn't do it. So, but definitely will. Um, and but we'll see how I feel after. Speaking of oh. Alex and Range Day today, I got to shoot my first Luger. That was pretty Ooh, cool. That's 1930, cool. Yeah, 1936. Are they, are they it is. It was so it's, weird. It was like. I'm looking down the sights and it's almost look at, like I'm looking at the trunk of a car. <laughs> and then there's like a, a little tiny little notch in the front post. It was, it was it comes really flying back towards your face when you pull the trigger. And then Benny, that your too. sight back again. Yeah. And, and cocking it was so strange too, right? I didn't, I, I knew that's kind of what it was like, but I'd never done it before. And, and that was really odd. <laughs> that's really cool. I've never I shot done one. talking about what I was doing in guns. Oh, here. sorry. I just, yeah. All right. Keep going. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about the Luger. I know. know. (laughs) My son just started doing that, so that's hilarious. (laughs) But yeah, I've always wanted to shoot a Luger, and I didn't get a chance to shoot one until a couple years ago. And it was cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Well, the Luger doesn't sound as cool as me getting my vest. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I ordered it. Yeah. So Jacqueline reached out to me, and she's like, hey, so I found something in the European, Browning European line. It's going to take several weeks to get here, and this is the price, but it's an Ambi, mm-hmm. and I, it was $139.99, but at this point, I already told you guys I can't find anything else otherwise, plus shipping. It was probably going to cost me more, so I said, order it. So <laughs> it's on its way. They charged me a down deposit now, and when it gets to the shop, I'll get Josh to pick it up and get the rest of it, yeah. but it's a, yeah, ladies, ladies, um, Oh, what's the brand? I can't remember. What color but is it? it? It's it's white with charcoal gray and a little orange stripe. And I'm like, orange stripe's fine. I don't care about orange stripe. I just <laughs> not all hunter orange. Oh, orange. hunter orange. I did not want hunter orange for everything. But no, so it's really. It looks like it'll be a nice fit. It's ambi, so if I really don't like it, I can sell it mm-hmm. and to somebody else and. You know, I won't get my money back, but I'll, recoup I'll be something. able to yeah, yeah. recoup it. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited. I'm glad she reached out to me. Um, I'm super, super happy about that. So I'm just seeing Jacqueline. So thank you, Jacqueline. So which store does she work at? She works at, um, oh, Shooter's Choice. Shooter's Choice. Choice. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to give him a shout out. So yeah. yeah. So Browning Ladies Ultra Shooting Vest. Fox um and the only way she could get me a picture was on the Foxholes Country Pursuits because it is a European model one. Hmm. So she has to import it. Wow. So I'm but I am pretty excited about that. I'm not sure if I can show <laughs> oh, yeah. you guys. I can't show the the group, yeah. but I'm I'm super stoked about it. Yep. So mm-hmm. Fingers crossed it all fits and that European sizes aren't all messed up. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, super stoked about that. Yeah. So, okay, so, now I'm done. So, so I'm curious. Make- <laughs> I, I, I want to hear this. Yeah. So what were your scores then for the... for the? Thank you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we shot 50 rounds. I think I had like 16 out of 50 <laughs> yeah like it's, it's not that we shot great but i definitely shot i think it was 20 20 i thought you had like 
26 or something, didn't you? No, I didn't uh, have 26. He usually counts your rounds. So if he says 26, that's probably what it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> he knows how badly you're beating him. No, it turns out I'm just really bad at this. <laughs> but, are you having, nice but are you having fun? Because that is I, the important part, right? I, I, I'm having fun. <laughs> and, and you got such a nice shooting partner to go with. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah, yeah. It's just fun to go out and do, right? Even if you don't win every time. Uh, no, it it is a much different experience, right? It's it's so different than what we did today, where you stand there and you shoot a piece of paper. This thing is moving. You don't know exactly where it's coming from or what it's going to do, and it's it's just a totally different thing. And you're and you're not really aiming at it, but you are, and it's just I don't know. Yeah. It's just a. Yeah. I'm not very good at, at clays, but I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. And and good people out there. It's a good experience. It's a good day. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's I w- I it's good rabbit. practice for hunting. Yeah. Doing yeah. all different exactly. shots and stuff. So. Rabbits were not my forte. Rabbits are hard to shoot. Rabbits were hard. <laughs> and they've got this one stage where there's like a, a tire cut in half, half buried into the ground. So the rabbit comes across. And then it goes through the tire and back up into the air. If, if, <laughs> oh, if wow. It so sometimes if it, it doesn't does, hit the tire. It doesn't. So yeah. you, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Because sometimes if you plan it out, you could be like, oh, yeah, that's going to hit. And then it hits the tire. You hit it at a peak point like a teal. Yeah. So it's like Hot Wheels, like, right? Bam! It's like Hot Wheels where it comes up and around yeah. and then it goes out into the air. <laughs> oh, but, but those so are the be fun. best because it'll go up and it'll do, have some hang time and then you just blast it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't always do that. <laughs> yeah. So then you got to re-situate yourself. If it starts rolling down the the other side, then you're yeah, going to be lost. like, oh, crap, yeah. Yeah, over here. <laughs> so. Oh, no, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah, it is. I definitely am enjoying the. And your and your gun's been running great. It's funny though. Every ha- time the first few shots are yeah. always the worst. So we we just need to blow off a few rounds before we start it. That's what I was hoping <laughs> is if they would let me just run like three or four rounds before we go and do it. Yeah. Then that would be great. So. But it ran flawlessly tried... for the rest of the round. Yeah. Have yeah. You tried so polishing the, second... the chamber at all? No. Nope, nope. So you think they're hanging up in there? Yeah, because something's got to be until it gets warmed up, or yeah, I guess once well, the metal expands a little bit, mm-hmm. um, it's easy to do. You can just take an old shotgun shell, yeah, and just get um some wet sandpaper, yeah, and just spin it around a couple wrap times, it wrap it around it, it. And, yeah, wrap it around and just spin it. Yeah, I kn- good yeah. idea. We should try that. Go caliber down though. Because I remember, I remember the first time I tried doing that. You try and put a twelve gauge inside a twelve gauge Stop. chamber with with sandpaper. You go to put it in, you're like, oh, the sandpaper makes this too big now. It doesn't fit anymore. But you do twenty gauge, yeah, my, and that'll my work. My snap cap worked better actually than the, the empty shell. Yeah. So, or you could just 3D print a, a twelve gauge shotgun shell. Even just do it a little bit smaller. You can scale it down so you can fit your sandpaper in there. Well, speaking of that, I just kind of did that with my uh, with my Grand Power Twenty Two, mm-hmm. uh, Thomas. I think you might have mentioned it to me before. I took before the range day today. I took the uh, the brass brush and put it in my drill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually yeah. went at the chamber with it because that was the problem. It wasn't extracting, and I think the extractor was fine. It just they were lodging in the chamber. So I did that, and I and I had it on my. I wore it all day on my holster just because I wanted to feel cool being the RO <laughs> and wearing a gun. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I didn't want to hand it to anybody because I didn't know if it was going to work. But then once everybody was gone, I, I ran 20 rounds through it and it was flawless. Mm-hmm. So I think that's all it was. You think you're right. I wish I had done that 
months ago, but yeah. just one of those things. Well, <laughs> yeah, you just have you just have to be careful that you that you don't put the brush into the chain right into the rifling. You just want to just get the chamber. Yeah, just no, do it no, really slow. Yeah, and I didn't do it much. I just kind of yeah. yeah, just for a couple seconds. But it, yeah. you'll get a lot more um, abrasive power than just putting the brush on its own back and forth. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. No, it's good. And if, if you ever have extraction issues, sometimes we, even when you clean it, uh, some you do get some debris underneath the extractor. So you start right. having extraction issues, but the extractor face looks fine. To, to just take the extractor out and clean underneath it, and you won't yeah. have problems after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so is that pretty much it for uh, you, Josh and Amanda? Are you pretty much all caught up now, or? Uh, well, tur turkey hunting is over now. Oh yeah, and. I I didn't get one. No, you didn't go out there <laughs> on your first I... day and just take a nap and then shoot one when no. you woke up. No. Oh. Well, I guess I no. kind of talked to, I, did I talk about that on the show? Like I talked about my yeah. first three, I, I went out yeah. three times and I didn't get it. And then I just didn't have time to go again. Oh. I mean, that's when the weather got nice. Of course, too. I went out in the shittiest weather. <laughs> crappiest weather. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, it was beautiful weather after that. And I just, uh, didn't have time. So yeah. Either I think the fall or next year. Your friend from Ontario Gun Services was correct. I uh, a lot of people didn't get the birds this year. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, it is too um, bad. I bought a knife. What would you buy? Check this out, Mike. Oh my gosh, that's that. <laughs> that's that. Yeah, I like that sound. That's Good the change. that's the one where you could just beat a man to death with. You don't even need to open it up. It's so big. <laughs> Listen to that. <laughs> It, it, it looks like it looks like a miniature butcher knife. Like it is. Exactly. I said you got you got your butcher knife on you today. The cleaver. The cleaver. The cleaver. Yeah. Look, look at this compared to look at my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and this actually fits nicely in his his pocket. But it is ridiculous. And er and everybody who I've handed it to has the same reaction. Mm -hmm. They flick it open and they're like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can, never, so, you can never judge the side sorry. of a knife until you really open it up, right? Because half of the right. handle could be nothing. It could be yeah. empty air, but no, that whole thing is a blade. <laughs> it's surprising how, how comfortable it is. I know. It's surprising how, how comfortable it is in my pocket, though. Like, it doesn't feel like it pulls my pants down a little, but it doesn't feel <laughs> any different. What's the weight on that? Like, that has to be over a pound. Yeah, so I don't know. I like it. My card of handle, my card of scales. I mean, it's it's really nice. Mhm. Mm been looking at them for a while, but I just you know found this one. This was a used one on uh, CKG, so I jumped on it. Yep. But uh, it, it, what's the steel? Like uh, one fifty four. Yeah, one fifty four cm. Yeah, so it'll serve you well. Yeah. Did you make it to any? Um... Um, pistol nights or no? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. We were talking about it, get, yeah. trying to get all sorts of other people to be like, hey. Oh, uh, panic, panic buys. Oh, yeah. What'd you mm -hmm. panic buy? There you go. I panic bought a 686. Did you get it? <laughs> well, I, I've committed to buy it and I will buy it <laughs> if he can get through to do the transfer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's the that's the thing. Like I'm I'm ready to ready to give him money, and he's ready to sell it to me. And he threw in some ammo with it too. And 
Yeah, it was a, a guy at the club. Like we had talked about it, we we do these PPC matches and stuff, and I knew he had a 686. I had shot it before, and he bought it brand new, and he never brings it out. And I was like, oh, you should. Why don't you bring that out? This is what this is for, you know. It's a revolver match. Bring it out. And he's like, ah, I don't know. I just I, I like it, but I'm not really into it and whatever. It's like, oh well, if you ever want to sell it, you know, just, you know, just <laughs> let me know before you give it up to somebody else. <laughs> and then, so I'm on my way to the Listwell Shooting Academy because they had put a post on saying, okay, we've got these these three revolvers left. Come get them. And <laughs> so I was like, I'm just gonna go drive up and look and see what's there and as, as he's texting me man <laughs> so as i'm as i'm driving i'm thinking oh elvin i know elvin's got one he, he might want to sell that so i give him a call and i make him an offer and he counters and we met in the middle and he threw in his ammo that he had and and we we're both happy and that's just the thing though he tried like 22 times on thursday i don't know how many times he tried on friday and yeah i didn't know the paper option was a thing so maybe we'll just maybe we'll do that yeah I'm gonna start calling right 9 a.m. Monday morning. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Sarah tried doing that, and at night she tried calling at like 8:59, and you get a message saying they're not open. At nine o'clock, they were already full. Yeah. So geez. like it's like, <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. It's like I'm not happy, obviously, by any stretch with this whole deal that's going on. But I feel like okay, well, that was one thing that I really, really wanted to to own. And if I can have that, then I, I don't feel so horrible. Yeah. We also did you we crossed you know, a few of your I got my Tokarev, so that was one. <laughs> and then you got your other Russian um Well that was a rifle, so that's I know. Yeah. I'm just Well saying, those are next. Those are next. We got a bu- <laughs> we got a bunch of your your to do's or yeah. your bucket list items before this but, chaos happened. So. And that was really the only Right or handgun that you had left. Well, now I want to. Now I want a Luger. So, <laughs> of course you do. Prohibited. Before the yeah, PC yeah. That might. After. I could say that might be a little harder to get your hands on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no. Uh, I didn't. I didn't buy a knife, but I did buy a nice uh, Chris Reeves sheath for my uh, Nkosi. Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh. This is yeah. Nice. I saw the. I saw the picture you posted. That I didn't get a yeah. chance to really look at it though. It's okay. nice. They. they it's. Um, so if you get a buck knife, for example, the, the belt loop is way down here. So it, when it sits yeah. in your belt, you've got like three inches of the knife sticking above your belt. So if you That's bend right. over sideways, you get poked with it. And with my muffin top, it just gets jabbed. Well, yes. And I'm a skinny guy and I get jabbed. And then <laughs> with the bucks also, there's nothing behind the button. So if you put your knife in, you scratch the button. Oh. Uh, well, the button back of the button scratches your knives all the time. So the first knife I had made, I had them actually, or the first sheath I had made, I had vest put leather underneath the button well this one comes with it it already oh, has cool. the leather in there oh nice so sorry so, where did you get it from uh this one i got from blades canada and i should have been paying attention because they wanted 135 and today i went and looked on thunderbird gear they only wanted 110 <sighs> should have saved some money yeah. oh. is that a pack of smokes nowadays i don't know pack of smokes <laughs> Gas station pack of smoke is $30 for the cheap stuff. Oh, I went to a variety no. store, it was $18 a pack. Are you serious? Yeah. $30 a pack. If I buy two players, it's $30 for two packs. So I recently I've been going up to the reserve and I get a whole cart for $50. <laughs> oh my God. How much was that cigar, Mike? <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> it's almost done too. Okay, well that's 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 not a fair comparison. Uh, I usually spend between ten and fifteen bucks on a cigar. Okay. So I can't really 
I don't know. I can't really say five. Yes, one cigar. The only, the, You're not smoking five a day. <laughs> oh, God, no. I smoke one. Like, I'm smoking this one. And, like, well, for the listeners who didn't see, it, it had to have been, like, an eight-inch cigar, I feel like. And I'm down to the last two inches of it. And, and I'm done. Like, <laughs> I don't need any more. Mm-hmm. I'm good for the day. I'm probably good for the weekend. Like, <laughs> yeah. but... No. A nice cigar is enjoyable once in a while. Like, I, I don't drink, but I, I enjoy having a cigar with an espresso or a coffee. It's just I just like the taste. Yeah. As long as you don't have, as long as you don't inhale them, they're fine. They're... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish. And I'm a smoker. I don't like inhaling cigars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was a uh, cigarette smoker and I had a cigar and I inhaled it once and like I was like, no, this is <laughs> terrible. Why would anyone smoke a cigar? <laughs> but oh, so I think that pretty much wraps it up. Did you have anything else to add, Thomas? Or Nope, that's it for me. No, and you guys are all good, Josh and Amanda. You're all caught up. We're all caught up. Awesome. So I think we're all. Did we? Go ahead. Did we get any crazy questions or no? Um, I didn't see any. Um. Uh. Uh. Oh wait, wait. Sorry, Jeff did ask something. What did he said? Will Amanda lose her mind? <laughs> I think it was. That was in reference to today. Um, yeah. <laughs> Have a nervous breakdown? Have nope. a nervous she breakdown? No. She was very composed all day long. Oh, that's good. Oh, At least what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anytime she came in looking nervous, I just called a I just called a fire and everybody just shot and I didn't have to listen to it. Good thing she likes uh, you, Josh. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think thing. I'm gonna have a voice tomorrow. I was calling the line all day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Well, it's all right. So. Let's see here. We are ha- the questions were: Will Amanda have a breakdown? <laughs> no, I didn't have a breakdown. Will I be yelled at, or just properly corrected? I didn't think I yelled at Jeff. I don't know. I, 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 didn't, okay. I barely saw you guys all day. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And then, will Mike ever hunt anything or create animal sanctuary? <laughs> Did, and- that is from uh, your. Sh- yeah, did I mention I saw another deer in my backyard again just the other day? That's about the yeah. that's about the fourth oh, no that's about the third or fourth one I've seen in about two weeks now. So you're not naming them, are you? <laughs> Dinner. Got feed. We have some products at the store and just get them to come a little bit closer. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, oh, trust me, that's they're exactly, coming close yeah. enough that I can reach out. We'll we'll meet in the middle. Sharing your cigar. Yeah. Okay, sounds like a plan. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that's good. But it sounds, it sounds like, uh, man, it sounds like you and Jeff ran quite the amazing day. It, it really does. Like, it sounds like you guys ran everything right, right? Like everything you described, it sounded like you ran such a fantastic day. I, yeah. No, no, I think we just needed a few extra volunteers for the afternoon. So because what that's why the, things kind of did quickly. The, with hand, the handgun RO was awesome. I heard nothing but good things about him. So. This guy right here. And uh, you know what? It, everything went really well. I did notice I had to, I could be, I created an hourly list, like if I needed them somewhere else. And then I posted the name of where, who was where, when. Um, so only once or twice did I have to go and say, hey guys, like it's 1230, you're supposed to be somewhere else. Yeah. So, but we, we weren't too busy where it was a pain. Yeah. It was just. It was. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what other clubs do for new shooters. Like we had 30, 31 people for our small little club in the middle of nowhere. So I think that was pretty good. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think a lot of it's a lot of it's cost. Like, was 
Yeah. And it, Naz did a, a thing with shooting with Dave, and it was only ten dollars. So yeah. a lot, of, a lot of the bigger stores like, that sponsored, they kept it reasonable. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was good. So thank you very much, and uh, we'll try it again next year. Yeah. It's going about hours in, so yeah, we're good. Yes, well deserved hours. Yeah. So. Awesome. <laughs> well, you have to have so many hours for range work, right? Right. Yeah. I would say I did minimum 15, minimum 15. So uh, just between working today and then like the prep work, um, I, I would, and I think I was being stingy on the, maybe the five or six hours that I into uh, assembling before. So there was just a but it's because we had to do the forefront planning because nobody hosted an event like this before. So it was like, okay, well, how many, how many volunteers do we need for safety? How many range officers do we need? How many, how long do we need for cooks and prep work and sap and cleanup? And yep. so I kind of had to set the stage. So hopefully with that, it'll be less work next year. Yep. So well, that's great to work on yesterday. So yeah, exactly. So yeah. We're good. Awesome. Well, it has been fantastic catching up with everyone. I hope the listeners enjoyed this. And if you happen to see the post about questions later, you can always ask, right? We're always uh, we're always interested in questions and talking with our listeners. So uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll ask some questions. Um, so I guess until next time, Thomas, why don't you take us on out of here? Keep your barrels pointed downrange and smoking. Time spent at the range is time spent with family. Choose your caliber wisely. Go ahead and shoot like a girl. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Well, I really like twenty-two now. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback you may have, or if you just want to call shenanigans. You can contact us at host at newshootercanada.ca or through our Facebook page. The way they look, I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small, they're for sale till I want them all. I like guns, I like guns, I like guns.